This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Swansea has more McDonald's and clean sheets this season, so don't forget your Muck Nuggets are closer than you think with Muck Delivery. The only thing left to say is, you in? Order now in the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app are participating restaurants 18 plus rewards registration required points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for further details. Hey Spotifyers, click or tap the banner to listen to Rap Caviar, the freshest 50 hip-hop songs on the rawest playlist ever. Brought to you by our friends at Stars and the new season of Power Book 4, Force. Watch now, only on Stars and the Stars app. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Swan's Cast podcast. Um, joined again once once again by Lee. So welcome back, Lee. Hello. Just the two of us this week. Um but I'm sure we've got lots to talk about. It's been quite a positive week. It's been a really good time, actually, since uh, the big match last last weekend, which we obviously touched on in the last video. Done really well, actually. So thanks, everyone, for the support there. Had over 800 views on that one, so let's try and push on. Uh, before we get into everything, as always, don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you're watching on YouTube. The big red button, you can click down the bottom right-hand side of your screen. Or on your phone, I think it's underneath the video if you watch it on the YouTube app. Um, and don't forget to like the video as well. It helps more people see what we're talking about, get involved in the conversation around Swansea City. And yeah, if you want to get involved yourselves, just comment on the bottom of the video as well. We always try to reply to everyone's comments as quick as we can. Um, how's your week been then, Lee, so far? Yeah, not too bad. I've uh, I've been glued to the Masters since Thursday. So I enjoyed that. That's taken up my whole weekend. And then uh, all came down to Sunday then, which was good because you had like um, the Masters final day and Liverpool City. And then the, the F1 is on as well. So I'm not, not massively into it, but that was on as well. It was a well, good the Sunday. golf being the Masters. Like yes, golf. Masters, the golf, yeah. I love Yeah, that. I was I watching it. the F1. I got up uh, Sunday at six o'clock in the morning to watch it because it was in Australia. Dedication. So, well, yeah, I went back to sleep after it for a little bit, but... It was. Uh, it's good. It's. Uh, you should watch it. It's. Uh, it's good. Uh, good time to get into F one. There's all these new rules and cars are racing yeah. a bit more. There's more overtaking and stuff. I don't. I don't know what it is. I just. I watch. I watch everything. I watch the darts. I watch the golf. I love it. I watch it. But it's just F one. It's something I never. I'll keep up to date with it and have a look like who wins and stuff. But I just. I don't know. It's not yeah. gripped me yet. Maybe it will, but it hasn't gripped me yet. 
Three with a three seamer mug, by the way. No sunny mug. It says morning. <laughs> nice. <and sun. laughs> oh, nice. Thanks. I just realised when I went to have a sip, I was like, oh, it's right in the camera. May as well just own it <laughs> at this point because um, someone's going to pick up on it, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, been a decent week then. Obviously, well, I've had a wedding and then I watched the Formula One. So, a bit of a long weekend, a couple of drinks. It was uh, it was good. Went to, I think it was Kraganos Castle. Apparently, it's haunted. So, um, oh, nice. I didn't see any ghosts, but. Some of the was, that, was that for the wedding? The wedding was there, not because it was haunted or doing anything with it, but that's where the wedding was, yeah. Oh, well, that's a good start to a marriage, yeah. Haunted yeah, well, castle. <laughs> Some of the people staying there were, like, uh, scared. Just winding them all up. Um, yeah, so good week for the Swans as well, If you, uh, for all the Swans fans listening. Obviously, we um, we have touched on the Derby game, of course. I say Derby game. I shouldn't say Derby game because we actually played Derby since we had the South Wales Derby, so it's going to get confusing. What I mean is, we've talked about this one since the Cardiff game. <clears throat> Obviously, that was a very good result. Very happy with that. Uh, first double and all that. You know, we've Swansea releasing double merch. Got that massive double <laughs> flag. There was. Uh, how, how do we feel about the double merch? Is, is it too far, uh, or are we just are we all in? Is it in the same category as Spurs pre, uh, season DVDs or? I think it's funny because I think I think it's winding up the Cardiff fans even more and we're releasing merch on it. So I think it's just got to keep going. Yeah, but I went in the club shop after the game on Saturday and there's nothing left in there. So I think it's come at the perfect time. They can release a new range for the summer before yeah. the new new kit launch. Yeah. Literally, true. there's nothing left. It was all 70% off and it was empty. You couldn't get the away kit, unfortunately. Do you, know I, do you know what I didn't notice until someone pointed out to me on the weekend? The 70% is like 7 nil, isn't it? Well, have they done it like that? Have you noticed on like the poster? It's not 70%, it's like 7 nil percent. No, I haven't. <laughs> That's Have a look. Yeah, I didn't realize it either until someone someone pointed out. Oh, they're going well in, aren't they? It's like the TikTok admin has taken over everything, all oh. the banter. All the promotions, all the marketing. Outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. Yeah, some of the stuff he posting is is, yeah. is good stuff. Good stuff. Um but yeah, so kind of was saying oh, that. So on that as well before we move on. Did you just watch the Russell Martin like interview where they're walking around um they're walking around Klein Gardens? No, I've not seen that yet. That's quite good. Yeah, no, they just it's just um just having a chat with Russell Martin. What was he saying? Oh, I don't know, they asked him about like what music he likes, and as he watched Twin Town and stuff like that, it was clear it was, it was quite good. It wasn't that long, it? <laughs> yeah, it's quite good though. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. So releasing the double merch, um, the the big flag that was hovering around over the Derby County game, first home game, of course, since the double victory. Um, did you see that? Were you in the stadium when that came out? Yeah, it was. Yeah, I wasn't sure what they were going to do because they they said like, "Oh, be in your seats ten minutes before." So I thought, oh, I wonder if they're going to, like, I don't know, set off fireworks or something. I don't know what I had in my head, but it was uh, just the flag going on. So that was provided by the club, then not the fans, I guess. Yeah, I think it was the club, yeah. Also got these things. Professional, I know, I didn't get one out in advance, but um, I picked up a couple of them because I thought, why not, In it? But, you know, they have them mini programs in the stadium. Yeah. I don't know if you looked at them. No, I do 
Uh, the, the green screen's mucking this up, but... Oh, like, that's good, yeah, because you poster. Yeah, it just says 110 years, one double, so I grabbed a couple, got a couple of Cardiff fans in work. Um, might have one <laughs> on, the, on the windscreen when they leave work tomorrow. Oh, please do that. That's class. <laughs> I, um, I'm gutted, because I, I was going through my programme collection the other day. I got absolutely thousands of ancient ones. Um, but they stopped, I thought they stopped on the name, but I noticed they had those little ones. Apparently they do them little ones every game now. Oh. Which is weird because they're free as well. I'm surprised they're actually like providing something for free. And there's hundreds of them. Like, is this they must print one one per seat? And obviously not everyone's taken one home. Uh, but there's loads. So I picked up a oh, one. If you want one, you can have one. Yeah, I might have one because I um I just stopped my program collection. I have about four or five massive boxes in the attic. Um I was looking we'll through them to, the other day. We'll have to get a video in the summer of uh, the best ones. Oh god, yeah, I saw some ancient ones in there. Start like, posting up on um, Instagram, TikTok. Yeah, I had a look on. Um, there was one. There was ancient ones from the Vetch, like way, way back. That'd be good. It'd be good if you can get some of them into some of the posts. Um, yeah. But yeah, so <clears throat> moving on from the South Wales derby victory, Swansea went to Millwall. Um, bit of a tough match potentially with Millwall. Outside hopes, um, you know, of chasing the playoffs, if they won that game, they're still right in contention. I think, you know, they're not necessarily out of contention now. They are in ninth place, two points. Uh, sorry, I'm lying. They're not two points off. They're two points off Blackburn. Um, Sheffield's only had one, didn't they? So they're four points off playoffs now. So, yeah, it was a tough ask to go there after perhaps the amount of energy put into a match like the Cardiff match to go there and, and get a result. And... Honest opinions, did you think we were going to follow up the the Cardiff win with, with a good result? Uh, I didn't, to be honest. I thought after the bad occasion, just how big it was, it was almost it was almost annoying that we had a game because it was like, I'm not, I don't want to move on yet from the, from the derby because it was such a good day and the celebrations and everything that came with it. Um, I think we tweeted, didn't we, and just say we're not ready to move on from the Cardiff game yet. Yeah. So. <clears throat> kind of thought the players might feel the same way, a bit of a hangover, but they they played well again. I thought they were brilliant in that game. They just they deserved to win. I thought they played some yeah. lovely football. So they went up to Millwall, got a one nil victory. Um, very good uh, win that is. I mean, not as emphatic as obviously the card result, but I don't think anyone realistically would have expected that. I think anyone will take one nil uh, win. Um, obviously, only one goal to talk about on this one, and Joel Perot. And you probably pop up a lot in this week's video, but first time finish into the bottom right hand corner. It's hard to really explain what happens. I think somebody puts a cross into the box, the defender blocks the cross, and obviously it comes to the edge of the box. But Perot is there and he just sort of hits it first time, like the ricochet from the defender, and he just hits the ball. It catches everyone off guard, really. It catches the defenders like you know, wrong-footed, and the keeper's there just not expecting it. I think he can see where the shot's coming from, and it sneaks into the bottom right, uh, bottom left hand. What side was it? Is it? I don't even know which way you'd normally talk about it. Is it the way the keep, keeper's, keeper's diving? Keep, or? Keeper's left. Keeper's yeah, left. keeper's left. So the keeper's left. Um, if you if you Joe Peru shooting, it's your right-hand side. So That's why I was getting myself confused. But um, yeah, it was a very good finish, and not, well, he scored three goals this week, and all of them were first time First time hits. That was the first. Very good finish. Um, and I think started a lot of plaudits. 
for him this week about how good his finishing is. And I think he overtook Andre Ayew's record of goals from last year yeah. uh, with that goal. That was that was an underrated finish, that was, because I know like the keeper gets a hand to it, but he's reacted to it quicker than everyone else to get that shot off. It's in the net before anyone's even realised. Yeah, no, it was a very good finish. I know on Quest they were talking about it as well, and they said how good it was. Um, so fair play. Uh, the only problem is, and we'll touch on this after the two games, but it is maybe making people take notice. It's not what we want to necessarily hear. I thought, I thought by moving him back like deeper, he was just going to quite like slow down for the rest of the season on the goal front, just to keep him under the radar because he hasn't been talked about for a while because our goal before he's been chipping in with the goals and Patterson's been talked about as well about him leaving and Pro was just sort of behind the you know behind all that but we'll uh, yeah we'll come back to that later as well. Yeah. Um <clears throat> he's he said in an interview actually this week I think 20 goals was his target this season. And I'm skipping ahead a little bit because spoiler alert but when we're going to talk about the home game against Derby County he did score there as well twice. So he has reached his target of 20 goals. So now he's saying, rather than setting another target, he just wants to help the team win as many games as they can, score as many as he can. But, you know, it's quite early to hit the... If that's his season-long target, he's hit it with some time to spare. So that's very good. He also said, coming in at the start of the year, he thought maybe you'd only get like 20, 25 games played. You know, it was kind of like a first year learning the English game. You know, he's still young. Got to remember, he's still quite young. Russell Martin said he didn't expect this to happen really from the first meeting it was a conversation i think early on about how we needed to adapt into this new game plan and i don't think martin was that convinced at the start i think he was left out of the match day squad for the first match and everyone was yeah, asking was, yeah. questions i remember that yeah he wasn't starting was he yeah, i remember that yeah so what a turnaround really when you think about it like um unbelievable who who started striker then in that first game? If, oh, it was uh, um, low, wasn't it? I think because he was still there. Oh, yeah, Jamal. And then I guess was Obafemi. He probably won Europe at this point. Was he Obafemi? Yeah, I don't so, think he was. I remember yeah. he had Perot's first start was the Bristol City game when he scored. I think that was his first start of the season, and I think it was a bit like um, people were sort of saying, "Oh, that's a big big move for him to like drop Jamal low to bring Perot in." Obviously, at the time, we didn't know the low was going to go. Um, and then he's just kicked on from there. He scored that goal against Bristol, and then he's never looked back. Yeah, it's been a very good signing. Um, I think you might have seen my tweet that I put out. I think a lot of people have put it out over the course of the season, but I just thought it was a good time to bring it up again. That uh, John Van Sweden's uh, yeah. criticism saying it wasn't very good signing and he wasn't going to be the part and he was more of a non-league player. Or League Two player, but um, hey, what a great aged, take. aged like fine wine. <laughs> that that yeah. one, I always like to bring that back up. Maybe at the end of the season as well, if he gets a couple more goals. Yeah, yeah, just every goal now. Um, but yeah, nothing. What well, are the notable things from the Millwall game then? I know um, Gary Rowett was giving it the big one afterwards, saying Swansea take a lot of risks and it's frustrating because they couldn't capitalize on them. But we know that we've watched them all year. We know they pass around the back, and it we sitting on the edge of our sheet seats, being like, "Oh my god, like this rain it in, we're going to concede." But yeah. 
it's what Russell Martin wants to do, and you know, we you get positive results when it works, like the Cardiff game has worked here, it worked against Derby County. Obviously, there's areas they can still improve, and there's going to be days that it doesn't quite work, but he said all along he's going to stick to his guns, and I think we're in a period where you've got to give the credit for it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it is hard to watch sometimes, but no, I thought I thought they were brilliant against Millwall, they didn't make many mistakes. Um, not that I can remember anyway. I thought they played good. They had they had a couple of chances to bury the game, I thought, though. And then, obviously, Millwall being at home came late on and had a good couple of chances, which you'd expect. But, uh, <coughs> no, I, yeah. they, they, they definitely deserved that win. The only other thing I wanted that I remembered was there was a moment in the first half where there were just a ton of Millwall players diving in everywhere. And Kyle Norton just throws in a cheeky nutmeg. And lit, and I could just see, like, Grimes just laughing his head off. And Kyle Norton was laughing as well. It was brilliant. What a player he is, by the way. Carl Norton, he could be a shelf of player of the season, I think, when we when ah, we touched yeah, on that no, later, no, no. later yeah. on in the year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, very, no, no. very consistent this year. Yeah. Um in terms of the game then, obviously bear in mind Millwall home chasing playoffs. Of you know, it's 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 a weekly thing. We had more possession, so it's sixty eight percent here, but still away from home, sixty eight percent is a massive amount. But it wasn't necessarily possession for the sake of it. We had more shots, 14 to 13, and we had more on target, 5 to 2. So going in the right direction, perhaps. Um, you could argue uh, shots per like minute on a ball or shots per touch on a ball for Millwall is obviously far higher. But you know it comes with the style of play that we are playing, especially if you go ahead. We'll just keep the ball to frustrate them, and that's where the gaps are created. It's never going to be full-on attack, attack, attack all the time that's not how it works in this style of play it's, it's, it's pass around and be patient to to make the gaps and I guess all the teams playing against us when we're playing like this are direct because that's how they get us on the transition when we lose the ball yeah. but um, to have more shots and more shots on target I think is a positive as well the only other thing I want to mention is the lineup. perhaps Ryan Manning returned for his first game I actually forgot that he, that he was due to come back um just, of course, it was four games. I just forgot that it was his time to come back after the Cardiff game. Um, yeah, I'm glad that he he said after the game that he stuck with, you know, like Latabodia kept his space. Because um, it would have been maybe easy for him to just take Latabodia back out and play man in, in that, like, centre-back role. But he said after the game, he said, like, it's up to, you know, it's up to him to lose the shirt. He played so well against Cardiff. And he played well against Millwall, and he said, "You know, it's up to him to to lose the shirt." So I think that's that's a good way. It's a good way of doing it. I think it was like kind that. of helped a little bit by Patterson needing a rest. Uh, yeah. He dropped out, pushed hands all forward, and Ryan Manning went into the left back slot. Um, is not really getting a look in, is he? To be fair, he's um, not even coming off the bench. I know. I thought he'd be bringing him on, like for some game time now, but uh, still. He only had that one. Was it one you came off against? Come off the bench against Blackpool, I think. Yeah, he's had one or two, I think, but not much. Um, Hanswell further forward. How was he? I don't know. I thought he, he looked alright, to be fair. But I think he, he just seemed to drift into the wrong position sometimes. I thought maybe just a bit rusty and not playing in that position because um, yeah. he'd been playing full back for so long. Not, not a bad game though. I think he got on the ball quite a lot, um, but maybe just like an adjustment. But we'll come on to the derby game. Yeah, I was going to say we'll come on to that, but I think maybe oh, he, he deserves a mention there. And the last thing is Felton coming in for Downs, and yeah. there's a question I'm going to ask about him again after we've touched on the last the, the next game. 
because um, I thought he had a good shift here as well. Yeah. yeah Some people have been asking questions about whether he can play in this style of play. Um, maybe he's come up with some answers this week. Yeah, I think yeah, I think he's been good. I'm surprised he um, he sort of he's sort of bringing him back into the team, isn't he? Because he um, he brought him off the bench quite early against Cardiff, and then he got to start against uh, uh, Millwall and starting think, over Corey Smith twice. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like Corey Smith and then Cham. Featured much. Yeah. So that's so interesting how that's happened all of a sudden. Usually, even when like Downs is not there, one of the others potentially comes in, but maybe. Yeah, well, we'll talk about it after the, the derby game. So let's let's go to the derby game now. Um, Wayne Rooney coming to town. Didn't know what I actually forgot. Ravel Morrison was still there. Or was yeah, there. yeah, I forgot he was there. He didn't really do anything though, did he? No. Nah. Um, this one, a game littered with uh, referee talk, I guess, is a good way to put it. Yeah. So. I believe the referee, I don't know if you got his name there, I forgot to get it beforehand, but he was referee in uh, another game for us against maybe Fulham. And ah, okay. there was a couple of dodgy calls. Well, the Fulham game was when Ryan Manning got sent off, wasn't it? So I don't know if it was that one or the other leg, but um, I saw people comparing his performance here to one against for us uh, in the past, and they, they weren't happy that he was... Uh, still around if you if you get me but let's talk about this game so got off to a flyer really we went 2-0 up Joel Perot as I said earlier is going to be mentioned a couple of times scores on the 8th minute assist by Hans Wolf um, kind of like a low cross from the left early cross he doesn't quite it's before he gets like in line with the box and he crosses it into the edge of the box where Perot is kind of running in but it bounces off the floor and Perot catches it like on the half volley, but he just kind of like he finesses it so delicately into the bottom left corner. It's such a good finish. Oh, beautiful finish. He doesn't even way. really shoot. Oh, he just oh. kind of like glides it in with his shoes. Just, he? He just, yeah, he just just, oh, just helps it on his way. It was just stunning finish it. that was. Places it. Like, have, you seen the, have you seen the video like from like behind him? Showing yeah. Showing the video of him. Oh, it's, what a finish. It's just so easy for him. Do you know what it reminds me of? That that sort of finish, me too. Yeah, yeah. It's literally, just, yeah. I've seen the comparisons. I think it's just similar sort of build, left-footed, those types. The of way finishes. that he shoots as well, where he kind of like he goes for the finesse quite a lot, uh, low yeah. finesse shots, which is what me choose. Like remember the two against Arsenal away, same oh, sort yeah. of where he's lifting his foot up, turning his foot like you know using the outside of his foot and lifting it up. Um, that sort of. Uh, technique, both of them. Yeah. They looked very similar in what they what they were doing there. So that's that's a nice comparison to have. That first goal was very good. Um, not long after, then 16 minutes, Joel Perot gets a second goal. Um, this is actually a very similar goal to the one he scored against yeah. Millwall. It's literally like um, we lose the ball somewhere up the top and. Millwall don't clear it properly, and again a first time shot touch from Joel Perot when he, he scores. Yeah, again it's in the net before anyone's reacted because the keeper yeah. is quite far the other side, isn't he? Because he hasn't yeah. reacted, and it's just he just picked up that corner straight away. I haven't seen the, like the, the still pictures of of him. He's already celebrating. Yeah, I know, as soon yeah. as he hit his foot, he's already yeah. celebrating. I know yeah, it's, it's just, class. 
deadly finisher. And I just like, we tend to like latch on to someone like that just because I think it's always been a criticism of us that we're always desperate for that sort of 20 goal a year lethal striker, aren't we? Sometimes I know we had IU last year. Didn't get 20 um, though, did he? Didn't get 20. But I don't know, it's just, it's different because... You want a striker though, really. You want you want that like striker that's scoring 20 goals and you just, you're back him nine times out of 10. When you see him with those chances, you think it's goal time. And it's quite rare that, that we have that. And I mean, yeah. everybody's after that type of player, isn't he? So the fact that we've unearthed one from like nowhere, it's just, oh, it's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But it, it could be, it could bring some heartache in the summer. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that shortly. The rest of this game, at 2-0, very shortly afterwards again, I think we should have had a penalty. There was yeah, it's just it's most blatant handball I've ever seen in my life, and it was not given. Um, inside, on the edge of the box, but it was definitely inside. I can't remember who plays the ball. Uh, if it was a shot to a little cross dink sort of into the box. Yeah. But it hits the guy's arm, literally like you. Yeah, and his arm and is out, out there like as well. Like this, yeah, it's, and it not in you. And it's not even hard to see it. And the ref's just like, nah, nothing. Like, we haven't had a penalty all season. I just, we're not getting one. I'm convinced we are not getting a penalty this season. I don't know why, but it's just how, how, how I just don't get it. It's funny because uh, I, who would take our penalties? Don't even know. Grimes, Pro, Grimes Patson. done them before, hasn't he? But new manager now, so I don't even know. Yeah, it's mad to think that. That we haven't had a penalty this season, and it's not like we haven't had chances to have penalties. You think no, there's been, been quite a couple a few of games we've talked about a shout, yeah. There've been a couple of touch and go moments, and you think like the amount you have over a season, you can you can sort of accept that some go your way and some don't go your way, but we haven't had a penalty, not can one that's gone away, well, right? We we had for weeks last year every other fan in the football league or in the in the championship. Oh yeah, on yeah. to us about our soft, easy penalties when we had like three games in a row where we did have one that was like, yeah, maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Right, three games. We ended up finishing the penalty table like somewhere in the middle of last season. Uh, however, it became a bit of a thing that everyone would be like, "Oh, Swansea buying penalties, Swansea cheap penalties," even yeah. though just because of three games, basically. Now we haven't had one for nearly an entire season. Nobody says anything. No, exactly. exactly. I remember that. That was, uh, where, it was, where it was such a comments? big. Swansea it was Chief. such a big thing for us. It was such a big thing for us because we were so uncomfortable with getting those decisions, and some of them were penalties, some of them were touch and go. But then you're just like, we never get those decisions. So when we had like three in a week, it was just like we don't even know how to deal with that. And then obviously people yeah. are like, oh yeah, we're buying penalties, and that's like. Hang on, what about the 400 seasons where notoriously we never get penalties? Yeah, you know, back to normal yeah. this year, and all of a sudden nobody can see anything again. Um, I, maybe I'll go dig in for the penalty chart of last year and uh, this year's one when the season finishes and, and just tag all them people in there. I'd like, I've, like um, to point out how lucky we were. I've Cardiff still not had a penalty this year either. Yeah, well, uh, I haven't checked the, uh, um, the facts. But it was brought to my attention that apparently they also have not had a penalty this season. So as much as maybe you're getting your tinfoil hat on, uh, a little bit of anti-Welsh bias here, perhaps? I don't know, because it just seems a bit weird how both of us have not had a penalty. Shall I see if I can get it up now while we're talking about it? 
have a look. See if there's any other club as well. There may be another club in the championship that hasn't had one, but uh, we'll see. But that it's just it is strange as well. It is strange that we haven't had one all year. We'll probably get like four on the last game of the season when it means nothing. It'll be like just to even up the score. Okay, so I've got it here. Um, <laughs> so the way this table I've got in front of me works, it's on transfermarket.co.uk. There's only 22 teams on this table because the two teams ah. that have an ad one are not on there. Ah, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. And yes, it is us and Cardiff. Who's had the most? Fulham? Fulham. Yeah, what a shock. Then Middlesbrough. Then Blackburn. Yeah. Then you got Stoke, Forest, Peterborough. You know, it's been mixed then from then on. You have got two teams on one, Hull and Bristol. I mean, yeah, but we're the only two on none. Barnsley got two. So, like, is that penalty score? Like, or the teams that are struggling are all. No, these are penalties received. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fair enough. And let's have a look at last year while, while we're here. Yeah, it's ridiculous. So last year we had six, and apparently we were buying penalties. Norwich and Watford had ten. Other two teams went up, obviously. Yeah, Cardiff had eight last year. It just seems something. It seems some, something this year. Like I don't, I don't understand how, how, how have we not had one. And it's not like, you know, you, sometimes you just don't have one because you don't deserve it. But like this, this one we're talking about today. It was a blatant handball in the box. I just yeah, it was awful. It's not the first time this season stuff like that's got missed. Like Led, like went through a period of every game he was on a penalty shout, and not one of them was given. I'm not saying all of them should have been given, but I think at least one of them should have been given. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's poor. It's, I don't know what to say, but um, I just I think it's quite well known how bad the officiating is in this level. I think it's awful. Just across yeah. the board, I think it's just really poor. Um, and the people say about Tim Robinson. Sorry, I don't know if you've heard of it. Nah, and people say about VAR in the championship, but I just think it would be even worse because they would not use it anyway. Because you could, they could put the two well, in. Know, if the refs are not good, time, well, if the refs are not good enough, you, you give them so, as like another challenge in the mix because VAR is a bit of a mess anyway. But I just think if you throw that in. With the poor, I just think it'd be, it'd be just carnage every week. So, it, so that wasn't even the, the only incident to talk about with the referee. Uh, yeah. The, I, so I think about two minutes after this not given penalty, he does give a penalty to Derby County. Yeah. Um, I would say completely against the run of play. They were not yeah. in the game at all, especially after being 2 0 down. I think no. if this penalty wasn't given, the the game was just dead, at least from their point of view. I don't think they were I coming back. So. Um, so. We were literally battering them, and I don't think that's exaggerating. They had nothing; they weren't even touching the ball. But they had, right. to be fair, you know, they played a long ball down, and the I'm not sure who got brought down, but he got in behind, um, and it was a good run. I don't think he was going anywhere. I I mean, he taken a heavy touch, and he was going towards the touchline. Obviously, if, if the keeper's not there, he probably could have got a shot away and scored. But I think Andy Fisher just needs to stop the shot happening because yeah. the player took a touch and then he was nowhere near where the ball was going. But Andy Fisher does dive in. And I'll be honest, some people have questioned the decision, but I think it is a penalty, this one. 
yeah, I agree with you. I think it's definitely a penalty. I kind of blame Fisher on that one. He doesn't. I don't think he even needs to come out that far. No, he can come because, and close the angle off. Like the player, yeah, come close the angle off. He doesn't need to engage him. Yeah, he doesn't need. He to knocks engage the ball him. on, knowing he's never getting to it, knowing he's going to get taken out. So if he just I think come a bang goes there as well. Yeah, and if you just come and block the angle off, and then he does the same thing, and don't make the contact, then it's safe. Um, yeah, I, I don't yeah, think it was he, a penalty. He couldn't bring it down very easily to get the shot away. I think you know it was a good opportunity for him, but it was difficult to actually yeah. get that ball down and get it in the back of the net. It did look scary, obviously, but um, I think he just reacted a bit. Um, what's the word? Naively or like. Um, Enthusiastic, like just, just like a rush of blood sort of thing. Erratically, that's the word. Yeah, erratic. He's yeah, a bit he erratic just... with what he, with the way he came out. I will he... say, I will say as well. I think he had a poor game. His distribution was awful on Saturday. Yeah, he was getting a bit of criticism in the stands around where I was. So I think it was maybe related to that. Like he'd had a few bad moments, and maybe just eager to do oh, something I, well. I don't know if he had many before this, though. I think most of his bad moments after. After I think he did have a couple. This was only 20 minutes in. Um, I know, he did have a couple, I think. They might, yeah, some dodgy passes out from the back. His distribution wasn't as good as what I've seen. It was such a drop-off because like, you'd sort of not be noticed. Um, I guess as a goalkeeper, you only get noticed when you make those mistakes. Um, but I thought like he'd been really good against Millwall and Cardiff, the way he distributed the ball. And then it was such a drop-off. Then on Saturday, it was just there were so many wayward passes. From him um, and yeah. the penalty mistakes were definitely not his best game. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it wasn't wasn't his best. Uh, he did get close to saving the penalty. He got a hand. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah, he couldn't quite keep it out. But it was definitely a penalty. This one was so. As much as people are criticising the ref, he did get this decision right, in my opinion. Um, yeah. It's just a shame that if he had got the first one right, and we go three 0 up, I'm wondering if these, this even happens at that point. But because uh, it 100% should have been a penalty, the first one. But there we yeah. go. So that's that's um, 2 1 at this point, 22 minutes into the game, being a bit spoilt, I guess, especially if you're a neutral. And it did bring Derby County back into the game. I think I'm, I don't know the actual facts here, but I would suggest before they had the penalty, we had about 80% possession. That's what it felt like. We had a lot of the ball in our first 20 minutes. But after they scored, it was. A lot more equal. Yeah, I was gutted with that because we were so dominant. And then when you get well, go, a goal changes a game all the time, doesn't it? So that gave them that gave them life then, and it made the game yeah. a bit more tasty then. But uh, that's why I was gutted because it was from it was from nothing, wasn't it? Like you said, it was one ball forward, and then a mistake from the keeper, and it changes the game. Um, because up yeah, to that definitely. point, we were so good. I mean, we were still good thereafter. We did make some yeah. chances, especially in the second half. Um, Hans Wolf actually hit the bar uh, late yeah. on in the second half, which was very unfortunate. It took uh, it was I think Oberfemi had the first chance, couldn't get a shot away, gave it to Wolf. He had to do a bit of uh, twinkle toes in the box to get his shot away. He managed to get one away, but he hit the bar. Um, unfortunate. But uh, there was one incident again that we haven't discussed uh, coming back to the referee just after their penalty. So Derby County had a corner and the ball gets released from the corner. Swansea clear the ball and it's played up to Jamie Patterson on the halfway line. The keeper is coming charging out of his box to get the ball. Gets the ball first, to be fair. 
Patterson is charging him down and he gets to the keeper and he wins the ball off the keeper. So Patterson is now basically goal side of the goalie. Um, I think he had his back to the goal though, so we had to turn. So the keeper has to like um, try and tackle him, I guess, and he basically just puts him on the floor, uh, leans on him. I think, is that the right way to describe it? Leans well, into I... it. Put him on the floor. Yeah, initially I thought the ref doesn't give it, and initially I thought maybe I, I thought I, I thought it should have been a red, it should have been a red card and a free kick anyway. But then I thought afterwards maybe the ref seen that they've like they've just run into each other. Maybe it wasn't much of it. But if you when I watched it back, it's even worse because the keeper not only does he not go for the ball, he changes his direction of running to move into Patterson without the ball. So it's a free kick all day, every day. And he's like, he's through on goal. So it's, I can't see yeah. where the ref has gone. No, like there's nothing to it. Because like I said, he doesn't go for the ball. The ball's going that way. He's changed his direction to go into Patson, and he sort of leans into him, like you said. I just, it's the, one of the worst decisions I've ever yeah. seen. Like it's not a massive tackle where it's like horrendous tackle no. or nothing like that, but it's, no. he's lost the ball. He knows there's an open goal. And he just has to stop Patterson shooting, and that's what he does essentially. Um, the equivalent would be Mac Grimes brings down a player in the second half on the halfway line because he's on the counter attack and he's going through on the counter attack, yep. brings him down cynically, and that's a yellow card all day of the week. Yep. So the keeper's essentially done the same thing, being the last man because he is the goalkeeper when there's an open goal, so it's a clear goal scoring opportunity in the book. That should be a red card. Yeah, all day. It's it doesn't all... have to be the worst tackle or the worst foul. It's still a foul. He's still gone out of his way to make sure the player cannot shoot the ball rather than trying to get the ball. He's predominantly stopping the player. Um, so 100% got that one wrong and that should have been a red card. Yeah, no excuse for it. It's just ridiculous. Like, how, how do you, I don't know, how do you miss it? Like, what's the excuse? I'd love to know the explanation. It would be nice. Um, <clears throat> I think football should maybe look into something in the future. The referee criticism is something that's been trending for a few years and it seems to be only ever getting bigger. Like they should they should have to go to press conference, same as the managers, I think. Yeah. Go in front of the journalists, be questioned on decisions that people think are, are dodgy. Maybe then just because there's a little bit more accountability, maybe it would fix some of the issues because all that happens now is they'll go go back after the game, they'll be out of the limelight and no questions asked. They'd have to worry about it. Now and again... I think that's what they want, don't they? I think... Yeah, but that's not a good thing. So it's like... Why, why should... I can see it. I can see why it should they be allowed sides. to do their job wrong? No, I, I, I totally agree. I can see it from both sides. I think they should there should be a, an avenue where they can come out and say, look, I've I saw it this way. I've seen it back. I made a massive mistake. I got it wrong. It'll still be annoying for us, but at least then there's like, you yeah, know. Yeah, if they came up in that press conference then and was like, look, you know, at the end of the day, I see it in real time and this is what I saw. At least yeah. you've got an explanation for it. Yeah. But then. Rather rather than it's like, you no, know, the ref's always right, which is kind of the attitude the FA tried to push on you. And it's yeah. clearly. I've got, to, I've got to be honest, though, from the other side of it, it kind of works that they sort of hide him. I know everybody. They always do like a, a like a tweet today, or the news comes out of who's refereeing the Swans game, and everyone's always like, "Oh no, not him, not him." 
I couldn't tell you any names of any refs in the championship. I could not tell you anyone. I have no idea who they are. Um, like you said, that one was Tim Robinson. I had no idea he ref us before. So I think it kind of just like takes that. Some people are obviously more up on it and know when the refs have, have been with us before. But I think it just kind of takes that. They try to take that out of it where people think, oh, this certain ref is giving us bad decisions all the time and stuff like that. They try to eliminate that. It doesn't always work. Um, but I don't know. It got to a point as well in like a few years back in the Premier League where the refs, like you had like Clattenburg and how and where, but they were like they were like bigger than players sometimes. They were like celebrities. Well, like, that needs to stop as well. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't know yeah. what the answer is. I don't know what the answer is. I just feel like there should be more accountability, at least, or maybe at least if they are making mistakes, then something happens. Like they got to go to League One for a week or something, or League Two. I think that's what they do. I think they do just like sort of put them down a level, and then they. But I guess again, we say about players, like if they were better refs, they'd be refing in the Premier League. Um, yeah, but 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 again, there should I, be a standard. Like a, there should be a standard of refereeing. Yeah, it sounds. Yeah, no, you're right. But it's, it sounds like I'm defending them. There's no defence for the two decisions on Saturday. There's it's no not the same as being good at football, is it? Like at the end of the day, referee is sticking to a set of rules, not yeah. being good at sticking to a ref a set of rules. It should be a clear cut line. Yeah. Whereas play, playing football, you're good or you're really good. You know that's that's why you're in different leagues. But refereeing, yeah, okay, you get more experience and maybe learn to manage the game better. But ultimately, when it comes to like, is that a handball? Yeah. Then it either the is or it is. isn't, and that's the rule. Yeah. You should be getting that right. It has, and, and, the, and the linesman, like, what gets me is, yeah, okay, the ref can say I didn't see it, but you never see the linesman like piping up and saying, well, I did see it. You know what I mean? Why are they there? Oh, that never time? happens. That never happens. What's the point? There was one, it? yeah, there was one in the sec, the linesman, and this game was poor as well. He gave a couple of throw-ins, like Derby's way, which were absolutely just no chance. And I saw like Russell Martin and a few players going mad at some decisions because of the, yeah, it was the one linesman. right at the end. Yeah, there was one, there was one moment as well in that game that I remember where somebody's closing somebody down on the, on the touchline the, re- the linesman waves a flag to give the Swans a free kick and the ref overrules him. He's two yards from that challenge. And he puts the flag up to give a free kick and the ref says no. I was like, well, what is the point of him being there, like you said? And there was, the, um, there was a shot from, I think, Cham or something, that like very slow, uh, low shot that kind of like trickled over and just went wide to the post. But Obafemi was like standing in the box offside but he made a point of like moving away from the way the, the ball was going. And then all of a sudden, I think it would have been a corner actually, because it got a deflection, right? So it went out and it would have been a corner. And then they waited till it went out. And then the linesman stuck his flag up for oh, offside. Yeah. And it was like, that. well, no, he literally moved out of the way. Like he'd had no interaction with that at all. Yeah. Um it was just yeah, and just the way I know this didn't happen, but the way that it looked like from the stands was like the ref was like talking to the linesman. And then all of a sudden, the linesman's, yeah, offside. And it was like, just why didn't you put your flag is, up in the first place then? The, the, the problem is with these refs in the championship, I think they've got away with it in the sense that um, it hasn't happened in any like massive games. Like, so for example, like us getting that red card on Saturday hasn't really affected us because we won. But I know there was talk about it last year with like Thomas Frank and that saying they need VAR in the playoffs. 
I'm telling you, but they're normally they bring in like a premiership ref to do the playoff finals. So that tells you everything you need to know anyway. But there's going to be a game at some point down the line, and I hope it's not us, where somebody misses out on playoffs or promotion because of a decision that one of these refs made. And that's massive. And there's mm-hmm. that, that. Well, we did have a debatable one in the playoff final with Jay Felton's red card. I mean, I know a lot of people thought it was red, but on VAR, like he slips and that's why he goes into that challenge. It makes it look worse, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, like, if you watch that in the slow motion on VAR, maybe it saves him. Yeah. But again, like something like that. Not that it would have made a difference to the result at that point. But... No, no. But I mean, like, I, I'm sure one day. It might maybe not in the playoff final because I said they'd probably bring more experienced refs in to do a game like that. But a playoff semi final or a last game of the season where somebody needs a point to stay up or a point to get into the playoffs or something, one there's going to be a, an awful decision that costs a club something massive. I'm sure of it. Yeah, something needs to change anyway. Like I said, like you said, I don't know what the answer is either. Just feel like there should be more accountability. Um, at the end of the day, the ref is, is a set of rules that they got to follow. And even the linesman, like, make them more involved. If they see something on the pitch, don't just sit there in silence or stand there in silence and not get, like, oh, the ref, I haven't seen it, and he's closer than me, so I better not put my flag up. That's kind of what it feels like. It's, well, it's, it's passing the buck, isn't it? It's just yeah, like, it's I'm like not well, if I don't do it, then I can't be wrong. I'm not the one in charge. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, um, yeah, well... Awful referee and performance. This one, a lot of yep. weird decisions. Uh, I think, and and to make it funny, I haven't watched the highlights to see um, what happened at the end. But Derby County think they should have had a penalty. Before we get to that, nothing happened really in the second half. Um, there was no more goals. Hans Wolf hit the crossbar. As as I said, we probably should have put another goal in. I think we had enough chances to 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 bury the game, but we didn't. Um, and then Derby had a couple of chances as well, and they had a bit of a pin pinball, I think, in the box right at the death of the game. It was down the other end of where I was. It was by the away fans. I didn't see what happened, but they reckon they should have had a penalty. Did you see what happened there? I didn't see it at the time. I couldn't really work up, but I've seen the highlights back, and it probably could have had a penalty. Cabango does pull... I can't remember who it was that came on, the tall striker that came on. He does pull him. He does pull him down Cabango. But the strike is also Knight, pulling is him. Yeah, it might have been. But the, he's also pulling Cabango. So it's kind of, I would say 50 50, but I'd say it's more like 60 40. And well, Wayne Cabango's Rooney went nuts, didn't he, afterwards? He slated the standard of referee in. He said the referee. He said, Wayne Rooney said that everyone in the stadium, the Swans fans, the Swans players, the Swans manager, knew that should have been a penalty, but the only person that thought it shouldn't be a penalty was the referee. I don't think it was that clear-cut. It wasn't, like, definitely a penalty. I could have understood if he'd give it, um, and I can understand he didn't give it, but what it, my what, response all is, the stuff well, that had come before, yeah. then it doesn't matter. My response is, okay, if it was a penalty, and I haven't seen it back to make a decision, then... The ref was awful for us the entire game. You're lucky you had to 11 men for the entire match, and you're lucky you didn't go 3 0 down before you even scored your first goal. So, swings and roundabouts. And usually they say it balances out over the course of the season. But the referee was that bad that if this was meant to be a penalty, then balanced out in the course of the match. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. So, Surprisingly, though, because you think he would have had any excuse to put his whistle in, but it would have been a massive injustice if they had drawn that game. 
based on two oh, houses, yeah. I think it would have been a horrible feeling. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, let's let's leave the referee talk. Um, any other notes, notable moments from that game? Let's stick with perhaps Joel Perot first because we said he scored two good goals, good finishes, three first time finishes this week to get twenty goals. Uh, he scored more goals than Andrea, who scored in both the previous two seasons. There was rumours in January that Leicester was sniffing around him, and apparently they have been monitoring very closely ever since and are still doing so now. So Russell Martin's been talking about in the media how desperate he is for Joel Perot to stay next year, um, how important he is for the plans going forward. Do we think he's going to be here next year? I would be very surprised if we managed to keep him. Just purely, purely based on history with the Swans. I'd be very, like, there's always that hope now that we might keep him, that I just think don't rule anything out. Now I would not be surprised if somebody comes in and takes yeah. it. But what, what bugs, what, this is what bugs me, and I said this to you before, I remember, uh, but it's the same with managers. I remember thinking, Renford were playing brilliant football for years and years and years in the Championship. And Thomas Frank was there for a couple of years and he was never linked with anyone. But have we got a reputation that it's easy to get players and staff from us? I I think Perhaps so. we've got a reputation that we develop good players and managers. Yeah, but I mean, like, literally half a season he was linked with Leicester. You've got players like Diaz and stuff as well in the Championship who are also scoring goals, but it just seems but that Diaz everybody has been linked to a few places. Yeah, I know, but they'd still, they'd, they'll still manage to keep him for a while. With us, it's like half a season, one season, and they're gone. We'll see. I was going to say, we might... I won't be surprised. I won't be surprised if somebody's linked to Russell Martin as well at the end of the season. Well, they already have been when he was uh, Rangers, oh, yeah, was yeah, it, or Celtic, yeah. or someone. Exactly. Um, and Norwich actually, when when they sacked um, Farker. But yeah, I think I think I think he might be gone. But we might get lucky in a way that he is like what twenty one, twenty two. His first proper full season of first team football. We might get lucky in a sense that they want to see a little bit more first. Maybe it's just, is it yeah. just a flash in the pan? Can he do it consistently? We'll keep monitoring. We'll see if he can do it again. Maybe just because of his age, just because perhaps he'll command quite a hefty fee now. Um, you hope. It's, well, yeah, I'm hoping. But sometimes that does happen with like people that just come out of nowhere, players that come out of nowhere. I think. Um, you know, Mac Rhymes, he's been linked a lot to the Premier League, but no one's wanted to take the, the risk to put the money up for him, especially since COVID. Yeah. So we, we'll have to see when we maybe this, that will happen, this, maybe it won't. This summer will we'll say a lot about where we're headed because um, they've got Russell Martin in now. They've obviously talked about it being a long term project um, and they're trying to build, they're trying to build something, trying to build for promotion again. Um, so this summer we'll say a lot. If somebody comes in with a mediocre fee for Perot and he goes, that'll say everything. That'll just say everything. And if we someone comes in and says ten million, would you accept that? No, no. What would you take? No. What I, would it well, take I, for you to be like, all right, fair enough. We couldn't really turn that down. I've seen some ridiculous prices in football that I don't agree with. But if we're going on that line and in that market, I want to see thirty million for championship one season. 20 goals. Well, what about McBurney? McBurney had one season, 20 goals. Went for 20-odd, didn't he? What about... What would you value Mitrovic at then, based on that? Oh, well, yeah. 
I'd say around about the same, but purely because he has been in the Premiership before and not done it. So I think looking for someone different. The only problem that we've got as well is, depending on who comes down, if they come in for, like, they'll come down and be like, right, Perot scored 20 goals in the Championship last year, we want him. Um, if we sell them to another Championship club, because that'll, that'll I'll be more frustrated if that happens than if a Prem club comes in. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be fuming if he goes to another championship club. Yeah, like I, I would, it'd be frustrating if he goes to the prem. But if we had some decent money for him, and he's going to the prem, I can deal with that bit better. Yes. You know, yeah. I'd say like fifteen mil. I, I know you're saying we should hold out for thirty, but I'm being realistic in a way. I don't think anyone's going to pay that. Um, yeah, I think they, the club would accept something like fifteen. I'd be absolutely outraged if they take 15 million for it. I'm not saying that that's what I want. I'm just saying I think that they would accept. Yeah, I, I think they would as well, and that's why I absolutely like hit the roof because they say they're saying, oh, you know, we're in a better position now, we're in no position to sell and all this. Then keep hold of your best players. Yeah. If someone comes in for your 20 goal, 20 plus goal season striker, you say I want 30 million, or he's going nowhere. Or I'm not talking to you, and that's something yeah. we haven't done for ages. I would like to know what they value him as to see what they, they consider his starting point as, like as a yeah. club. Before anyone's interested, I would just love to know like what price they say, right, this is what I'd want for him. Because it'd be interesting to see if they would say 30 or like, knowing our club, they'd probably be like, he's worth 10. All right. Just from the off. And then Leicester's like, oh, okay, yes, fine, I'll offer you eight. Yeah. But this is, but this, but this is, this is what I mean about it being a big summer. If he goes and like they, you know, like someone like Downs goes as well, and and they just sell, sell, sell again, then I just I can't I don't know I'd, I'd be a bit I'd be lost. You know how bad I was after the last couple of transfer windows. Um, I think Martin would be frustrated as well. Martin would be frustrated. He might want out. Um, I'd be proper disillusioned then with him saying, "Oh, this is a project. It's a long term project because we can't build anything." If you can't, if for you example. Can't, we need to sell one of those two players if they're the two that people are sniffing around, which it seems to be the case at the moment. And the money that we assigned those players can get us like five first team players that suit this system. So say like minimum of 15 million for that. For selling one of those. Like we signed Perot for what, 1 million? Yeah. 1.8 or something like that. Yeah. Um, Say, for example, they sold Downs for 15, but then they reinvested that money and got five five players that fit Russell Martin's style of play that will be in and around the first team. Would you be frustrated with that? I, I Well, I would, because you can't guarantee that uh, these one million players come in and they're as good as they are. We have been lucky. Yeah, I'm not the saying they would all be one million. I'm just saying if they reinvested, like, say, 15 millions, they sell Downs for... We don't. Into like five think. players. I'm, I'm just being theoretical. No, I know, I, I know, I know. Because if but they're I, saying but... it's a better situation, I still think that we do probably need to sell to reinvest. But I think maybe, maybe what they might be referring to is what we do sell, we can reinvest all of it rather than only like half. But we'll they see when we are just they, trying to think sell, in a good way. They sell parole for pennies and then they bring in. Um, somebody on a free or for 300k from league one um or someone in on loan again that's what they that's been the transfer policy is sell and then bring in somebody for free or bring in a loan they did, they did come out and say they're going to move away from the loan market the other day 
the thing is, the way we are at the moment, right? If they can be stern and keep the likes of Pearl and Downs for one more year, if they say, look, give us another year, um, give us another year, we'll get rid of, there's a lot of dead wood in our squad, right? There's so much, you know, you've got players like Dander who never make the bench, you've got like Ryan Bennett now who never played. Yeah, so you've got a lot, you've got a lot of dead wood in there. Um, you know, we've got players like we brought in Liam Walsh and sent him on loan. Not really sure what that signing was about. Um, they got a few players coming back, which may not, who may not be there next year. I'm thinking of someone like Cullen, maybe with Perot and Oberfemi there. He's probably going to go. Um, I would rather see them Replica. keep our current starting 11 as a base and then improve the bench with all the players that we can get all them off the wage bill and bring in another couple of quality players who can challenge the first team. And I, I think we'd be, we'd be finishing higher up next year, but it's not going to happen. I fully expect that if a bid comes in for Pro, he'd be gone. Not to sound down, but yeah, well, we'll, wait and well see. we'll wait and see what happens. In you the just summer. know what it's like. You know what it's like with the Swans. That you no, of, I know, I know. You can't know. get too excited with how well we're playing because then it's like someone's just going to come and take them. Yeah, that's true. But we'll wait and see. You never know what might yeah. happen. Someone might make a bid. It might get rejected and then he's kicking off. So we might have a different opinion then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Downs and Downs has got history of doing that. So, yeah, but you know, yeah, but it's just, it's tough shit on them as well. If we have a valuation of someone, but it's, it's like the Patterson yeah. situation, you know, everyone was happy to see him go when he started throwing his toys out of the pram. So if Downs does it in the summer when like a 10 million bid's rejected from Leeds and then he starts kicking off, people might all of a sudden think, well, get rid of him. I think we handled that well though, because now Patterson's back in the squad. Yeah, we did, yeah. But I'm well. just I'm just saying, like, I wonder if opinions will change then, like they did yeah. with Patterson at the time. Yeah. And and Downs specifically has got history of doing it. He did it with um Ipswich, didn't he? So Yeah, well, when Palace came in for him. That is different. Because if somebody, you know, is kicking off and they say, like, I absolutely don't want to be here and I wanna leave, then you know. Like they, you know, you'll have they'll have to go, but it's still gonna be still gonna meet the valuation. Yeah. You can't just let them go for pennies just because they're kicking their toys out of the brand. Um <clears throat> so Jay Felton started this game again because Downs was not available. I can't I don't know what's the matter with him, but apparently he's gonna be back for are they Barnsley next, is it? Barnsley on Friday, yeah. Yeah, so Felton starts again over Smith and then Champ. So obviously as we said, he done well against Cardiff, done well in the game against Millwall. And I thought he put an absolute shift in here as well, to be honest. He put in some crunching tackles. He was making his presence known in the middle of the park. Um, I thought he did a really good game. I, I still rate him massively. The two games he played this week, he's been brilliant. Um, I think he's been brilliant. I, I, I'm hoping that's um, that's him coming back into the squad, I, I'd like to think. But who knows? He hasn't played for so long this season. Maybe they've already decided that he's going to go next year. Yeah, um, so that's what I was going to say. Has he got a future year or is it too little too late? Because it does seem like he's having the best run in the team he's had all season, really. And he's playing well. Like He's showing he can be part of the system. Whether they've maybe made some adjustments to suit him better, I don't know. But he done it under Potter, so I always thought he could do it. Um, and I'm not necessarily, you know, he's not doing the same job as Mark Ryan's. He's offering a little bit more grit and like presence in the midfield, which I know Downs does that as well to an extent. But like, and Champ doesn't do it. I don't think Smith really does that. Smith is solid, but he doesn't do that. Um, 
And I think that little bit of different presence there is yeah. something that we do miss when it isn't on the pitch. Yeah. And yeah, I thought he's done really well. So it'd be interesting to see if he does work his way back in because Smith, I've noticed, is not playing as much as he was earlier this season. Yeah. And Cham doesn't seem to be able to get a start at the moment. If somebody's got to go, a midfielder, like I I would keep Fulton over Smith personally. Yeah, I, I would too. I think I agree with everything you said. He definitely offers a presence in the midfield like nobody else does that we have. And what I'm saying about like making our bench stronger, I'd rather have like Fulton on the bench competing yeah. with Downs and Grimes, having yeah. that competition, having the well, right people it's, on it's, the bench. It's a direct competition with Downs. I don't think he really competes with Grimes. I can't. Yeah, can't see him yeah. in that job. But um, for me, like maybe Smith has played himself into an awkward position, which isn't really his fault. But he's a little bit of a utility man now, a bit versatile. He's played right back. He's played left back. He's played centre attack in midfield. Right. He's played centre midfield. Like he's never really this season held down a centre midfielder role, and that is his position. He's always been in a gap where we haven't had someone available yeah. or early the season where we didn't have any attackers really and he was playing up in the attacking position when a cham wasn't fully fit. Um obviously Wolf wasn't here then and I know Bafemi wasn't starting alongside Perot. So that's when he was getting in the team then. And we always said he's not an attacking player, he's not he shouldn't be there. Now we've got a team that looks more um when we have everyone fit, like it looks more set in stone. He can't really get into the team. He can't get in in his favoured position. And it's rare that he even comes off the bench and plays in the centre midfield role. Yeah. So um, I mean, I got I I like I don't dislike Corey Smith. I I'm with you though. I prefer I would prefer to keep Fulton over him if there was a choice. Yeah. But if you know if if it's allowed and like I know like Corey Smith, you may want to start games. You might not want to like be on the bench all the time. But if we had Smith and Fulton on the bench for options, I'd, that'd be great. I think because Smith's been. In all fairness to him, like they chucked him left full back and he had a great game. Yeah, I think it was against Coventry and he was brilliant and he's had some good games this season. So I think as a squad player, I think it'd be yeah. great to keep around. He's definitely good as a squad player. I just like But he may not want that, you know. I'm wondering where he fits in Martin's style if if this is what you are, do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're just filling in a gap. And yeah, you're doing a solid job, and that's why you're there, and that's why he relies on you. But when he does get his team that he wants. Where'd you put you know, someone like that then? But all like all well it depends. If you bring someone else in in place, then yeah, then you can't. Yeah, but what I mean is around. like say you've got Felton on the bench and then Cham, if he's still I'd imagine because he signed in Cham, didn't he? So um so say you got those two on the bench and then you've got another right back or a left back or someone that plays both that we sign yeah. on the bench already, and then you've yeah. got another attacking player. To fill in the attacking role that Smith would do, you don't need him anymore to be versatile. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, it depends. It does depend on who they bring in and what players we've yeah. got. But um, but but all successful championship sides will have good squad players because that's one thing that we normally struggle with. I know we've won three games this week for the first time this season, but there is a massive drop off usually by the third game in a week, isn't it? Especially when you're on the road. Um, so we kind of need those players, those squad players to yeah. sort of come in and be able to do a job. Um, if you are going to be like sort of pushing up the higher end of the table. Um, but yeah, like you said, there's a lot of things it depends on who they bring in and 
if the player actually wants to be sat on the bench and only play as rotation. Um, so you'll have yeah. to watch his space on that one. It'd be interesting. I'm just wondering, because I feel like someone's going to go whether it's Smith or Felton. Felton probably is still the more likely because of the season. Um, yeah. But it's weird how he seems to be coming in with the best spell he's had now. Maybe he's just put himself in the shop window, but all of a sudden Martin seems to trust him. And But again, you know, I like... I like period earlier on in the year where Downs was injured and it wasn't Felton I was coming on. Yeah, I, um, I like what Martin said again, though, when we said about the Millwall game. He said, you know, it's up the players come in and they're playing well. It's up to them to lose the shirt. So he isn't, you know, he hasn't dropped him. It'd be interesting to see now what he does is when Downs is fit. Well, if he's saying Downs is fit for the next one, I would argue he starts on the bench. Yeah, I think. And I know I think Downs has been brilliant this year. So. Yeah, he has. Not... But it's just if you go and same as what Latibodia, you know, I thought Latibodia was quite poor against Derby actually, but um, I, I. Feel like it's harsh for Felton to drop back down after the shift he's put in this week. Yeah, oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right because I think it would be harsh to drop him now. Um, you can bring you can bring Downs off for the bench, and then and then you got a decision to make then about the next game. But um, having said that, I'm glad like he hasn't shifted like a Wolf out of there and Latibodia because Manning's fit again. I thought Wolf was absolutely class on Saturday. Yeah, well, I think. Maybe Manning might come back in Friday because I thought Latipode didn't have the best game against Derby. He thought there was a couple of poor areas for him. Uh, but Wolf, yeah, he was he was our best attacking threat, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think Patterson was quite quiet, but Wolf more than made up for it. Oh, yeah. He was brilliant defensively as well. He was just standing up his fullback and t- just taking the ball off him comfortably sometimes. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah. And even when he got, got beat, he was eager to get back goal side and have another go. Yeah, I thought he was great. Do well, it could be an option if they had the money. I'd like to see him back next year. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see what happens there because he didn't he, he didn't seem like he was really in and amongst the picture in his home club. But I'm not sure how much they would charge for him because it is Champions League level. Whether he's Champions League level, that's not what I'm saying. But the, the, they signed him with the intention of developing him into that level of player yeah. so yeah it would be interesting and maybe we can get him on loan again um anything else and cham smith and kyle joseph came on in this one they did look a bit leggy towards the end i thought Obafemi looked like he was absolutely struggling for the last 10 minutes but he did oh, run his socks off oh he run the, he obviously had a massive game against cardiff but that millwall game he was everywhere and that Millwall game, he seemed to have an extra burst of energy, yeah. maybe off the back of his performance on the Saturday. Um, but he absolutely run everywhere against Millwall, and then again on Saturday. So yeah, I just think Kyle Joseph could have come on like ten minutes earlier, perhaps, because you don't want him pulling a hammy. He's had histories with with hamstrings over femias, and it's the last thing you want to do. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, you could just tell he couldn't run anymore, really, unless he had to. There was actually one counter attack in the second half where. I can't remember who was bursting through the middle. It might have been over Um, But they got dragged down, like, in the centre circle. I think it was Ravel Morrison that brought him down. And the ref didn't book him. Yeah. Shock. Although Ravel Morrison did have a yellow card, so maybe he did. It didn't look like he did from where we were sitting, because we were all kicking off about it. But, yeah, it was the same thing as what Matt Crimes did earlier in the game. Um, moving on from that, then, let's just talk about the form before we finish off. Three wins in a week. 
we said after the Cardiff game, can we kick on? Can we like use it as a way to push and finish the season on a high? But so far, it's been a good start to doing that. Obviously, nine points this week. Uh, we're up to 14th in the table on 57 points. And now I'm not saying anything, but we're only eight points off the playoffs now, all of a sudden. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we were having an awful season. We still got a game in hand over like six teams ahead of us. Yeah. Sorry, the five teams directly ahead of us. Middlesbrough on the same. And then the two above Middlesbrough have also got 41. So, you know, that could be 60 points potentially. And then you're five points off the playoffs. Like, what a different picture one week has, has made. I don't, I'm not necessarily saying I think we're going to be in the mix. I think it's maybe a bit little too late. Unless we have another crazy day where uh, Forest miss out and we go in. Imagine that happens again. Jesus Christ. Uh, God, I couldn't take that again. The problem is, I think, like, um, I think you're right. It is too late. But it's not like, it's not a million miles off because, look, we could, we could be like sat here. This time now, um, next week after playing Barnsley and Reading, we'll be thinking, "What the hell are we talking about?" And they've lost two games, maybe. But we've, you know, we've got Barnsley and Reading next, both towards the bottom in the bottom four. Um, so though, you know, you could, you could easily get six points again. There, you could be looking at five wins in a row. And I think if they win those two games, they'll be very close to playoffs. Because yeah, some of those teams will have to now, though, haven't they? Middlesbrough, and then we've got. North. And then we've got like four of the top seven and we in the last... Well, at QPR are, are falling off a cliff. We've got them last game of the season, but they've been horrendous. Yeah. we got Maybe. a hard run there normally. We've got Bournemouth, Forest and uh, Middlesbrough who are all like playoff contenders, really. Well, Bournemouth promotion contenders. But... QPR yeah. have lost seven in the last eight. So what, so we could have them last game of the season to, to sneak in? Yeah. I mean, well, it's they, nice they, to have something to look look forward to rather than having a dead rubber season. You know, if they win, yeah, it's quite similar to Graham Potter's season actually, where we went yeah, on the was, charge yeah. at the end of the season. We were quite far off. We got close, and then we lost. I think one or two games, and that was it. Maybe something similar will happen here, but it could set us up nicely for next season, and that's the ultimate goal. That's what we said. Second half of the season, we'll have a good push into the next season, and that's where Judge Russell Martin. Said it all yeah. you. I still maintain yeah. it. I think the signs are there. Um get a couple more players in and you know, we could be a strong, strong team next year uh, around the top top half, around the playoffs. We'll we'll have to wait and see obviously what, what ins and outs as we discussed earlier before we make a final decision on that. But yeah, it's quite a positive perhaps end to the season. So looking at the table in general, I know you wanted to point a couple of things out. A forest in third place now after Steve Cooper taking charge. What did he tell me earlier? I think when they took over, when he took over, they played seven games and they had one point, and now they're third, six points off second. Yeah, and I pointed out everyone's given them they will applaud it and all the rest of it. Yeah, they've had an amazing season in the third place, but they're only 10 points ahead of us. Yeah, I think though, I, I gotta be honest, I think it's one of the worst championship seasons for a long time in terms of the quality of the teams in there. Because, like, I think we've had, I wouldn't say we've had, a, like, a bad, bad season, but we've not had a great season to be as close to the playoffs as we are. And you look at teams like Forrest, when he took over with one point of the seven games, there's no way that they, they've been good, 
but I've, ne- I've not like seen them and been like, wow, they are absolutely outstanding to be pushing up at the automatics now. And then you've got teams like Huddersfield and Luton that are like fourth and fifth, and no disrespect to them, but I think just in other championship seasons gone by, it wouldn't be this tight, I think, with the some of the teams that are on there. Um, but I don't know if I'm being a bit harsh. Maybe it's just really competitive. It's really competitive, but I think it's because the level is like there's not the top level is not that as much. It's more competitive around, say, like the last few seasons, the midfield. It seems like that sort of area has grown, I think, to the point where they're all quite similar levels and they can all beat each other depending on what day it is. And there's more teams in that bracket, whereas you know there's less runaway leaders. Like I would literally yeah, say, it's just Fulham. Right. It's just yeah. Fulham on their own. Like yeah. Bournemouth, yeah, they got six points now over Forest, but a couple of weeks ago they were dropping out of the automatics. And then you look at Blackburn. You know, we played them and they were in second place. They've fallen out yeah. of the playoffs now. They've had a torrid time. QPR, I just said they were in the playoffs for weeks, and now they've just lost seven of their last eight games. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 an interesting one. And then really. When you think about it, if you add Reddin's point deduction back on, they're back in the midfield. And if you add Derby's point deduction back on, they're back in the midfield. So there's two teams there that are, look like they're down in the bottom fighting for their lives. But take the point deductions away and it's not as bad for them. Maybe Reddin would still be quite low because they only had six taken off. Them. But Derby County, like, add the 12 on and they're on 40. Um, well, actually, yeah, it's not great for them either. They, they did look okay at one point, but yeah, maybe they've... Um, I think they lost one. like eight on the bounce or something in the day, I think. Yeah, maybe... Outright or not one in eight, no, maybe not, something like that. Well, no, they won, they won the match before us against Preston. And, okay. and they won against Barnsley a couple of weeks ago. Oh, they I got, got a point right now. Yeah, might, might have been QPR then or something. But, um... Yeah, QPR would be not great. Um, but yeah, it's competitive. But, you know, I think maybe this is partly down to the implications we've seen since covid and yeah less yeah. transfer activity between a lot of the clubs not yeah. you know some some of the ones that got come down they've had money to spend bournemouth fulham and they are at the top those two but everyone else has been trying to get the free transfer euro there a loan move euro there i think that is showing in the quality across the board yeah definitely I and i saw people talking about whoever goes up this season it's likely they reckon they're going to come straight back down and if you look at the teams that went up last season, bar Brentford, they are coming straight back down. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And if you look at team, if you look at someone like uh, Watford, for example, like they've got a good enough squad to sort of compete in the Premiership, and they're nowhere near, are they? You think like some of the players they 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 made some tidy signings, and they, it looks like they're going to come down. Um, so I, I I don't know if teams like you know Luton, Huddersfield. Sheffield United, maybe. I don't Luton know. should be on a party if they go up, though, even if it's for one year, wouldn't yeah. they? Middlesbrough. I'm not sure that they have the spending power if they go up to get anywhere near. I think it'd, no. yeah, I think it'd be right. It would be the same as us. If, if, imagine we sneaked into the playoffs now and went up. We'd be, we're not in a position to go up, are we? I don't think. We'd perhaps have a little bit more chance than some of these other teams just because of how recent we were there for a long time. Some of the infrastructure might still be in place, but you obviously still need to do a lot of work on the squad. So, yeah, or, or, or maybe like we didn't think last time when we went up the first time that that we had enough, but the style of play sticking to our roots is what kept us up really at the start. And when it started getting a bit rough and we drifted from it, and 
started rotating the managers yeah. around. That's when it went wrong. So, yeah, yeah, I don't think we got this season, but that's why we're building a process, isn't this? So that if we do manage to go up and you stick to your guns, you manage to stay there. Like Brentford this season, they're the one team that have built the process over a long time, and yeah. they're the one doing the best. So it's yeah. as hard as it is to say, but uh, it's, it's true. It's kind of the blueprint for us at the moment, though, isn't it? Like, oh, Brent, because we were like that previously, weren't we? So, yeah, but going back to what you said earlier about selling players, they did sell a big player every year to fund the generation, like the regeneration. I know, but they had good money for like they were getting top money for them. Like, what was all they were getting? They were they were all thirty plus, and when like more pay went up as well, they were getting good money for these players. So that's why you're saying if Joel, if if Leicester come in thirty million for Joel Perot, then you'd be content. I'd be happy with thirty million. That that will that will build us a squad. Yeah. Um, but we'll take ten probably. <laughs> Going back to that. on that note, maybe we shall uh, we'll finish the podcast. So um, yeah, it's been a good one, a little bit long, but it's all right. We'll we'll get it up. I hope everyone enjoyed. As always, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. We had some good um, growth of the last video. I think we had like nine in the last week or something. So let's let's continue down that way. We're trying to get 500. If we can do it by the next kit launch, we're going to do a giveaway for the new kit. So uh, get involved. Hit the like button if you liked what we were talking about and let us know in the comments if you agree with us. On that note, we shall see you in the ve- ne- next video. I can't talk. We shall see you in the next video. So have a good one. See you soon. Sports Social Podcast Network. The match has just finished and you're on your way home. What better way to celebrate that 90th minute winner than a McNugget share box and a few tips with your mates? You channel your inner Ronald as you race to beat the muck delivery home, just making it an injury time. Ordering muck delivery is easy on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver-assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.